Hi all, welcome to the Lake Health and Wellbeing podcast where we discuss our work, interesting global public health news, provide commentary on events we've attended or organized and have inspiring conversations with featured guests. I'm Abby Beho and today I'll be talking about the CAFA Health Research Conference which was recently held right here in St. Kitts. So stay tuned. I love attending health conferences. They're a great opportunity to discover the latest advances in the field, learn something new, and also meet some new and interesting people. I leave most conferences feeling so inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer the world. So that's why I try to attend several conferences a year. Now, since moving to St. Kitts about 10 months ago, I haven't had the opportunity to attend any conferences. So when I learned that the 63rd annual car for health research conference was going to be held right here in St. Kitts, I jumped at the opportunity and I registered immediately and started counting down the days until conference day. Now, before I got started, I can guess you're probably wondering who or what is CAFA. So before I get into the conference, let me start there first. CAFA, spelled C-A-R-P-H-A, is actually an acronym and stands for the Caribbean Public Health Agency. And they are the only regional public health agency in the Caribbean. On their website, they state that they provide strategic direction in analyzing, defining, and responding to the public health priorities set out by CARICOM in order to prevent disease, promote health, and respond to threats to the public's health. Now, just a little side note, for those of you who may not know, CARICOM is an organization that brings together 20 countries in the region, from the Bahamas in the north to Suriname and Guyana in South America. And CARICOM is the agency that sets out the public health priorities for CAFA. Now, that was just a little side note about CARICOM. Now, back to CAFA. CAFA's program of work falls into the following categories. Emergency responses to disasters such as hurricanes, earthquakes, and flooding. The surveillance and management of non-communicable diseases such as obesity, cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. The surveillance and management of communicable diseases including HIV, AIDS. And the surveillance and prevention of injuries, violence, and job-related illnesses. So that, in a nutshell, is CAFA. For more detailed information about them, you can visit their website at CAFA.org. So now on to the conference. Every year, CAFA hosts their Health Research Conference, which provides researchers in the Caribbean at every level, from junior to senior level, with the opportunity to showcase their work and disseminate their research findings. The executive director of CAFA is Dr. James Hospitalis, and he gave a press briefing a few weeks before the conference and provided an excellent overview of this event. Now, I really can't do a better job than he did, so I thought what I would do is play the clip so that you can get a really good idea of their conference and its aims and objectives. And here it is. Thank you, Madam Chair, Honourable Minister, <coughs> Ministers, plural, Hamilton and uh, Minister Phipps. I'm uh, really happy to be here in St. Kitts and Nevis again uh, uh, to promote the 63rd CAFA Annual Health Research Conference. I first came here in 1987, I was just thinking, so some of you weren't born yet, right? Uh, it's the longest-running health conference in Latin America and the Caribbean of which we can take some pride. And I'm happy that CAFA, as a regional public health agency, is responsible for this function and is with the government of St. Kitts and Nevis jointly hosting the 63rd annual uh, conference. This year's theme is focused on sustainable health systems for economic growth and development and wealth and aims to highlight the research that contributes to this in uh, health financing, in governance, in service delivery, in health for 
human human resources for health and the information systems that we need and medical products, medicines and technologies. The conference is the principal forum in the Caribbean for sharing new research findings in health uh, and promoting evidence-based policies and practices. There will be about 300 participants uh, in on island and we hope up to 10 times as many participating virtually who will benefit. There will be 67 oral presentations, 52 posters and what are called concurrent sessions, 16 concurrent sessions. Three days of science and uh, a good rich feast of knowledge. I hope beyond the health professionals also that because of the focus on the economic aspects this will be appealing to agriculture to uh, on the security side with all the violence and injury problems we're having in the region, the environmental uh, folks and finance folks because of the economic impact of some of the health problems we're talking about. This gathering over the years has produced many uh, regional and international collaborations that benefit the region and one of the places where international researchers come to the region annually and mingle with regional and national researchers for partnerships. For young researchers it performs an important function to train and develop them uh, in the ethical conduct of research. I recall myself, uh, I wouldn't tell you how many years ago, presenting at this conference. Uh, it was on HIV in women who were using cocaine, and another paper was on pesticides in banana um, workers in St. Lucia. So those were, I was a little anxious at the time because you have to, you're going to get quizzed after you present. You have to defend your position, how you came with the evidence, what your conclusions are, and sometimes the conclusions over the years have been very important for governments to raise attention to new problems, to make policy or to inform policy in responding to particular health problems. Uh, it's not all hard work and there's a lot of networking opportunities with researchers in the region and in, the, in your own country and internationally. There's an awards banquet uh, which will honor uh, two accomplished Caribbean health researchers, Professor Brendan Bain and Professor Carl Theodore. So that was Dr. James Hospitalis, uh, the Executive Director of CAFA, talking briefly about the CAFA conference in June. So now I just want to talk to you about my highlights from the conference and my experience. So the conference on a whole was excellent. I thought there was something for everyone. It covered a range of topics from communicable diseases to non-communicable diseases. Um, there were policy talks. There were talks on sort of public health interventions. There were really interesting announcements such as the new cancer registry in the Caribbean. So that was all really interesting. It was also um, set in a lovely um, venue. So it was held in the Marriott. So really beautiful setting um, and it was just really nice opportunity to meet people in the field so I had a really really good time and had really good conversations with people over lunch and during the during the different break sessions so for me there were certain presentations and pieces of work that really stood out that I found to be just really quite um, interesting so what I'm going to do now is just very very briefly I'm not going to go into huge amount of detail talk through um, one or two of the presentations that I really enjoyed so the first one was a presentation entitled Assessing the Impact of the Barbados Sugar Sweetened Beverage Tax on Grocery Store Beverage Sales. So as most of you know, many countries around the globe are introducing a sugar tax to reduce the public's consumption of sugar. 
And it was interesting to hear about the Caribbean experience um, with this presentation. So the project summarized the findings so far from the introduction of a 10% tax on sugar-sweetened beverages, which was introduced in 2015 in Barbados. And now what the presentation was looking at was really on sort of consumer behavior. So how did this tax um, change consumer behavior when it comes to the purchase of sugar-sweetened beverages? Now, what they found was that um, following the tax, there was an increase in water purchases, which was very promising. There was a 4.3% reduction in sugar-sweetened beverage purchases and a 5.2% increase in non-sweetened drinks. So what it looked like um, is that uh, the sugar-sweetened beverage tax was having the impact or the desired impact in that people were switching to water and reducing their sugar-sweetened beverage purchases. But what they did stress was that they did find that there was, although there was a decline in sugar-sweetened beverage purchases that seemed to be within the expensive drinks and there was some evidence that consumers were actually just switching to cheaper sugar-sweetened beverages. So I think what they said was that they were going to look into this some more. But just learning about this and, and the, about the experience in the Caribbean and what's happening with the sugar-sweetened beverage tax was really interesting. So that was the first presentation that I found quite interesting. The second presentation I'm just going to cover very, very quickly. So this was a presentation on diabetes distress and diabetes self-care in Barbados. Now, I found this presentation very insightful. As to be honest, I never really had come across the term diabetes distress. But obviously, I recognize that having diabetes can cause distress. But I never heard it as a sort of formal term. So diabetes distress. Now, what this refers to is the emotional impact of diabetes where patients can experience fear, frustration and guilt. And it was just interesting learning about this and how promoting self-care and self-management may address this issue. So basically giving patients the confidence and the knowledge and the know-how to manage their condition can basically help them and deal with the distress that they're, they're experiencing. So that was interesting. The third presentation that I found quite interesting was one on obesity and weight misperception among adults in the Eastern Caribbean. Now, this was a very, very well presented and engaging talk. The presenter was really very good. And she explored the extent to which people in the Eastern Caribbean misunderstand their weight. And they found in their study that weight misperception was very common, with the majority of people underestimating their actual weight. And of course, this is a problem because it means that people who are overweight or obese um, don't realize it. And if they don't realize that there's a problem, then they're not actually going to do anything about it. Um, so they won't take steps to address um, weight loss. And this will mean that they will remain at risk of a number of health issues um, unnecessarily and unknowingly. So this was a really interesting study as well, very well presented and really just gave a view of actually there are a lot of people in the Caribbean who actually probably don't realize that they're actually um, overweight or obese. So I'm going to leave a link to this, this study in the show notes because I think it was that interesting and there's quite a lot of information about this study online. So I'm going to leave a link to this study so that you can go and read up more about it. The final presentation that I found really interesting was one called Our Voices and this was a woman's perspective on breast and cervical cancer screening and treatment in the English-speaking Windward Islands. Now, this study really just um, was a qualitative piece of work where they interviewed women about their perceptions of breast and cervical screening. And the reason why this presentation really struck a chord with me was that I conducted a very similar piece of work exploring black women's um, beliefs about 
breast cancer and I did this work in the UK. Um, so it's interesting to hear their findings and to find actually that their findings were very similar to what we found around fear and fatalism and stigma around cancer and why that and how that may stop people from going for screening. So it was really interesting to read their work. So those are four piece, four presentations that I found to be really interesting that kind of really stood out for me. I just thought they were all very well presented, very interesting pieces of work and really quite insightful. So other highlights for me was just that being new to the Caribbean, it was just wonderful meeting people, exploring the important health issues in the Caribbean, such as NCDs and mosquito-borne diseases like Zika, and also learning about interesting new projects such as Econ, um, the New Caribbean Registry Hub, the Seth Fund, as well as innovative methods of care that are being delivered here in the Caribbean. So um, organizations like the Caribbean Cancer Center Network, they use a model called the Partnered Care Hub and Spoke Model. So it was just interesting learning about all of these new things. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave links to all of these um, various different initiatives in the show notes so that you can learn a bit more about it. But I won't go on uh, much longer. Um, so just to say that I really enjoyed the CAFE Health Research Conference. It was a really good introduction into the research that's being conducted in the Caribbean and I highly recommend it. So if anybody has the opportunity to attend this conference, then I highly recommend it. It's held in a different Caribbean island each year. So we're looking forward to learning which Caribbean island it'll be held in in 2019. Um, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of this podcast. I hope you found it interesting, a little bit of a introduction into the CAFE Health Research Conference for those of you who've never heard of it and hopefully you'll get the opportunity to attend one year. Take care, have a great week and we'll see you in two weeks time. Bye-bye.